This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Welcome to a Turn on the Jets digital special presentation. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. We're going to talk about all the latest news, including some new coaching faces on this staff with Adam Gase, with the great beat reporter from NJ.com and New Jersey Advanced Media, Mr. Daryl Slater. Daryl, what's going on, man? Not much, man. Thanks for having me on. As usual, appreciate it. We're doing well. Hope everybody out there is doing well. Yeah, I'm doing a lot better today than I was yesterday when it was like negative 22 degrees. You told me you didn't have to leave your house yesterday, so good for you. <laughs> yeah, we just stayed in, relaxed, took it easy, did a little work. But yeah, it was one of those days where you didn't want to go outside, for sure. Yeah, and there was some work going on because now there are reports that there may be additions to the coaching staff. We heard that the Jets may have hired an offensive line coach and also... Gase's buddy from his Miami days, Dowell, and I'm not entirely sure how to say his last name, so because it's funny, I'm going to say Loggins, and then I'm going to say this, that if the Jets hire him, they might be going down a highway to the danger zone. Sorry, I had to do it. I grew up in the 80s and 90s. I had to make the Kenny Loggins <laughs> reference. So, Daryl, let's talk about this. Tell me a little bit about what's going on with the assistant coaches. Yeah, D- uh, Dowell, I guess is how his first name is pronounced, Loggins. Uh, was you know, Dolphins' offense coordinator last year, and he will be following, as expected, uh, Adam Gates to the Jets. Uh, Jets have gotten clearance to talk to him, and of course, you know that likely means he's going to be coming on board. And Adam Gates, of course, will be calling the plays as he did in Miami. And uh, it looks like, from what Gates said at his opening press conference, that he won't hire a third person to be a quarterback coach. So it'll be. Gase and Loggins, who will be the quarterback coach, basically tandem for Sam Darnold. Both of those guys have hands-on working experience with quarterbacks. And, uh, yeah, so Loggins obviously uh, won't be calling the plays, uh, but he'll have significant input on the offense, as was the case last year in Miami. Uh, he had a couple kind of rough years in Chicago before that, 2016 and 2017, as the offensive coordinator there but a guy who has coordinator experience and a guy who has worked with quarterbacks. So uh, it's pretty clear that in addition to his relationship with Geeks, he has um, some of the qualifications that Jets are looking for in, in, in their head coach, too, that offensive background. And, uh, and then in terms of the line coach, it looks like Frank Pollock will be the Jets' new offensive line coach. He was at the Bengals last season. Uh, from 15 to 17, he was at the Cowboys. did a pretty nice job there. So um, with the Raiders in 2012 as an online coach, and it's kind of worked his way up in that regard. So, obviously, the O-line coach, I guess, matters, certainly. But, yeah, I think personnel, I think we get, we're getting way too, we get way really wrapped up in these coaches, like, as if, like, offensive line coach A versus B versus C is going to matter a lot if your personnel's not good. It, it's not. I mean, you got to have good personnel. Like, there's no miracle worker offensive line coach who's going to make, you know, what Jets had last year on their offensive line with personnel really any good. Like, that's the bottom line. So it's more about a scheme fit and a guy who can work in Adam Gase's scheme. Uh, when you look at Pollock, he's not worked with Gase before, um, but he worked in Cincinnati last year. and um, He's worked all over the place, uh, the Texans, the Raiders, the Cowboys, and the Bengals now. Uh, now looks like the Jets. And so um, playing the NFL from 90 to 97, um, and so a guy who's been in a bunch of different systems and probably has the ability to adjust and adapt to what Adam Gates wants to do. But, uh, yeah, so that was that. And then the big one is, is Dowell. 
uh, Nawal Loggins. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how his last name is pronounced. And uh, he will be, it looks like, the offensive coordinator. But, of course, Gase is really the offensive coordinator, de facto coordinator, because he'll be calling the plays, as was the case with him in Miami. Let's talk a little bit about Gase. He's had some more things to say since being hired. He reacted to the eye memes and also talked a little bit about why he hired Greg Williams, despite the fact that Williams does have a bit of a checkered past. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, um, well, he said he wasn't going to hold that against Greg Williams, and you know everyone deserves a second chance. And this is just really his what fourth chance. You know, this is not his first job since coming back off the Bounty Gate scandal. He was with the Rams. He was with the Browns, and now with the Jets. Greg Williams. So we'll see what kind of difference he can make. Greg Williams' career, and when he uh, when he's done well, he said, you know, good. Really good players. I mean, he's, he he can make the most out of guys' talent, but again, this is a situation where, as much as we're harping on what uh, what these hires mean for coaching-wise, the Jets' general manager, Mike McCagney, needs to get some good players in here and needs to get a legitimate edge rusher, you know, needs to deliver some talent. Uh, otherwise, it doesn't really matter who the coach is. You know, Greg Williams has had some down years in his in his career, and I, don't, I haven't gone back and looked at all the talent in those years, but, um, you know, a really good coach, you know, coaching bad players, it's not really going to matter. So, um, I'm sure you guys talked a lot last week about the impact of Greg Williams, but yeah, Gase, you know, said he likes basically whatever you'd expect him to say, right? I mean, like he thinks he's a good defense coordinator. He said that in like a bunch of different ways. Um, and you know, has always respected him, blah, 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 all that good stuff, which means really nothing. Um, but, <laughs> Uh, but we'll see how he, you know, we'll see how he does. We'll see number one what what sort of system he runs, how much how much four three he runs, how much the Jets decide to overhaul their defensive personnel uh, to fit a four three if that's what they want to do, or does Williams want to be more of a uh, you know a chameleon type defense where they can play some three four, play some four three, and do some different things in that regard. So uh, there was that, and yeah, Case was asked on the uh, Dan Levitard show when he went talked to him about. Uh, about all the memes, about his eyes wandering at the press conference and hey, it was wide eyes. And uh, he was, you know, dismissive to say the least about that. <laughs> I think he was like, he went on like, a, you know, like it's something you'd expect like an older guy to say about the, the internet and then the evils of the internet, I guess. <laughs> but, um, but obviously, I, I think, you know, then he made a joke at the end and, uh, I think Levitard said, well, you know, maybe I can send you some of the memes or whatever. And he said, uh, no, 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 like, I'm going to go with the Jay Cutler thing on that one that, you know, don't care or whatever, which itself was a beast. So I think he, he was sort of goofing on himself a little bit there at the end, talking about how, um, you know, using using a reference to the Jay Cutler meme. So obviously the guy knows what's going on. I, I I don't think it's. <laughs> I think he's just trying to deflect here. I, I'm sure he, you know, knows more than he actually knows about you know, how the actual internet works and the you know, the things that get out there. Um, but I think he's trying to deflect. And his larger point being, of course, that you know he's 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 here to coach football and like you know those appearances things don't matter. Which yeah, for sure. So uh, let's see how he does with with coaching. Gay sounding a little bit like Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino. Get off my lawn, kids. <laughs> <laughs> 
But Daryl, let's get back to what you were talking about with Gase and the rest of the coaching staff in terms of they're only going to succeed if they have the right talent to use. And that means Mike McCagnan doing a better job drafting. One of the great tools that these guys have in scouting is being able to go to the Senior Bowl and Mobile, look at the practices, look at the game, scout the players in the game. And then even if it's not necessarily guys that are going to be picked in the first round, guys that you might be able to pluck in the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, or even seventh round. We know the Jets don't have a second rounder, but they do have two thirds and then all their picks beyond that. So I know that you wrote a piece over at NJ.com previewing who's going to be there and some guys that Jets fans may want to keep an eye on. Talk to me a little bit about that. And by the way, just so everybody knows, Clayton Smarslock, one of our writers, is down in Mobile right now, and he is going to have you covered. He'll be on the podcast the next two days, and then on Friday we'll have Jim Coburn down there. So every day we're going to have somebody reporting from the Senior Bowl practices, so you'll be up to speed. But, Daryl, before we actually get to the practices, let's preview some of the guys that we should be keeping an eye on. Yes, so the practices happen Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the games Friday. The the practices are actually more impactful, really, than than the game. Um, Somewhat. You know, general manager, cases I've said over the years about the value of the senior bowl. Of course, it's only seniors, so uh, you know a lot of highly regarded prospects are not there. But but some of them are. There are some good ones. And if you remember last year, they drafted Nathan Shepard, who you know did not have a great rookie year. They raved about uh, you know how he looked at senior bowl practices uh, against bigger cool players. Uh, you know, of course, he was a two guy uh, coming into the NFL and had, as expected, a pretty steep learning curve last year. But um. But yeah, if you look at, it, I did a little rundown, but I'm not going to go through every guy here. But um, you know, among my edge rushers, Zach Allen, the kid from Boston College, uh, had a pretty good year last year at BC. Uh, he's a fifth-ranked DN by uh, CBS Sports. So this, these guys, all the Jets, have to figure out. And Williams will have to figure out where they fit in scheme-wise. But Zach Allen's a pretty good prospect defensive end from from Boston College. Jalen Ferguson from Louisiana Tech. Um, and uh, Montez Sweat's a really interesting one. He is, uh, you'll have to figure out if he's more of a 3 4 outside linebacker or if he can fit as a 4 3 guy. Um, but he had 14 tackles for loss and 11 and a half sacks last year at Mississippi State. So Montez Sweat is a pretty good prospect who will be there in terms of the edge rushers at the Steam Bowl. Um, and then if you look at uh, some of the linemen, I, there's a really good guard, and I'll try to pronounce his last name, is Bo Ben, ben Sprayle kid from Wisconsin, uh, one of the better guards in this draft. So if the Jets want to draft a guard to replace James Carpenter, he's a guy to keep an eye on. Um, there's no real, you know, there's some good tackles. Riz Dalton Riz is a kid from Kansas State and Andre Dillard from Washington State, but, you know, none of the elite tackles, better at the two elite tackles. Greg Little or uh, John Williams will be there, but Ben, ben uh, both Ben Schwell, uh from uh, Wisconsin, which is like the most Wisconsin name ever, uh, <laughs> will be there. And then at receiver, you have a kid, Debo, Debo Samuel from South Carolina, uh, a versatile receiver who has a returner potential. He's probably a, a middle-rounds guy. But um, So those that, they'll look at some of the guys in terms of positions that the Jets could target in, in the draft. So uh, Mike McCagnum will be down there scouting those guys, as he is every year, and uh, and we'll see what he comes away with. Last year he came away with the uh, takeaway that Mason Shepard was worth drafting in the third round. And... Uh, yeah, I don't think the Jets have gotten a very good return on that pick so far, but uh, well, let's see what, what, what comes about this year. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress, and that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. 
They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Senior Bowl, certainly one of the more important dates on the calendar and also the draft, obviously, at the end of April. But there are plenty of other important dates coming up. You wrote a piece on this at NJ.com. Why don't you inform us of what we should be looking at calendar-wise? Yeah, the, so there's the obvious stuff about like when the combine is and all that stuff on the Senior Bowl. Is, but uh, there are some just specific dates uh, here that we have to look at. February 6th is the first one. Um, that is right after the Super Bowl, and that is the day they have to figure out what they want to do Spencer Long because he's due a $3 million roster bonus that day. So if they pay that, he's essentially with the team this year. And if they decide not to pay it and cut him, then they're going to move on to center. Of course, it would not they wouldn't have taken any dead money for cutting him. Uh, and his cap hit is fairly reasonable at $6.5 million. Um, in terms of the option, some of these guys that have options, I mean, that's sort of a de facto option on February 6th for Spencer Long, but on February 19th, which is the 22nd day prior to the start of the league year, uh, which is sort of a thing that's written into a lot of these contracts for options. But there's three guys who have options, and there's a, a bonus tied to each of these options. So the Jets figure out if they're going to pick this option up for all these guys, like Pinnell and Terrence Brooks and Kevin Pierre-Lewis. So Pinnell is probably the, the, the most prominent of those three, but it's interesting where does he fit in in potentially a 4-3 defense, or, or, do they, or is he more of a 3-4 nose tackle? Can he play nose guard in a 4-3, like a Vicky at the tackle? position in a 4-3 is a three technique or whatever, but um, we'll, we'll see what the Jets decide to do, to do there uh, with those three guys. Um, and then as you, as you move along and you get into the start of free agency, of course, March 13th, everybody knows that, or probably not because it's two months away, but that's when free agency starts March 13th. Um, and there's still a decision after that on the 15th of March for Isaiah Crowell. So if the Jets want to keep Isaiah Crowell, he doesn't have an obscene cap at $5 million, but uh, March 15th is really the deadline for him. That's the, uh, the third day of the league year, the 13th being the first day, the 14th and the 15th. And you see a lot of these uh, guys who have uh, bonuses or whatever do on the third day of the league year. In the case of Antonio Brown, it's the fifth day of the league year when the roster bonuses do on the 17th of March. That's sort of the deadline for the Steelers to figure out what they want to do with him trade-wise. So with Isaiah Crowell, um, uh, he has a $4 million salary for 2019 of the year. That's $5 million because of the signing bonus proration. Um, and $2 million of his $4 million becomes fully guaranteed on March 15th. So the Jets, if they're going to figure out what they're going to do. If they spend Lady Bell early in free agency, do they want to also keep Crowell or do they want to move on from Crowell? They'd save $3 million in cap space if they moved on from him. But March 15th is, is essentially the day where he is locked in because you're not going to 
you're not going to lock in yourself to $2 million salary and then cut the guy. Um, you know, these are built-in things into these contracts so that the, these guys, um, really for the, for the agent's purpose, can, can become a free agent. Like, if a team is going to cut a guy, you want to give the team a deadline to do that and not let the guy twist in the wind. So that's the case here for um, Spencer Long and those three option guys and then, uh, and then uh, um, Isaiah Crowell. So then I mentioned March 17th, the Antonio Brown thing, which the whole league will keep, be keeping an eye on. The one interesting thing to watch April 1st is when the Jets can start their off-season workouts, and that's because uh, um, they have a coach. They can start off-season workouts two weeks earlier than other teams, which is the way it always works every year. And then you get early May, and, and, and the interesting question there is, what will the Jets do with their and like fifth-year option? Um, so that's really the last quote unquote, uh, date of importance for jet specific stuff. But yeah, so with Darren Lee, obviously his, his salary for 2019 is no longer guaranteed because he was suspended, but the Jets will have a hard time wiggling out of the prorated signing bonus portion of that contract. So I don't know. I don't think they cut him this year going into 2019. Um, but, um, Look, I mean, he got popped for a four-game drug suspension. It's not like he killed somebody. Um, the uh, the decision comes of what do they want to do with his fifth-year option for 2020, which is usually a, no, a no-brainer because it's not guaranteed fully until next March 2020. Right now, it would only be guaranteed for injury. And since he's a guy who doesn't have injury issues, you know, I think the Jets will, you know, the smart move is to pick it up and then make a decision down the line when you have to, which is what the Jets are going to have to do with Leonard Williams here. So... Yeah, and that's another one. You know, Leonard Williams' salary uh, will become fully guaranteed here at the start of the league year uh, for the fifth-year option number at $14 million, 14.2, but the Jets can still trade him. I mean, it's not like the Jets are locked into them having to pay that money, but that's that's sort of the rundown of all those important dates to watch. Daryl, you brought up Antonio Brown, so let's touch on that a little bit. How realistic of a possibility do you think that that would be for the Jets? I don't know. I mean... He's got so much baggage, and he's got such a history of being disruptive. Is that is that really the type of guy you want to bring in and put around Sam Darnold? I mean, put in a lot of young locker room with a young quarterback. I I don't know. I don't I don't I don't necessarily think that would be the right move, especially considering what the Jets would have to give up for him. I mean, the Steelers are going to want a lot a lot for him because there will be other teams, especially win now type teams. And I guess you could maybe say the Jets are on the brink of being a win now type team in terms of what they want to do in 2019. But you have teams that are much closer that will be looking for a quick fix who can push him over the edge um, to being a Super Bowl team who will be in the mix for Brown as well, might drive up the price. Jets don't have a second-round pick. They're probably not giving up a third-rounder uh, or a, a number three overall pick, rather, for Antonio Brown. And what do they want? So would they give up a first-round pick in 2020? I just don't, for a guy his age, I know he's been very productive, especially lately. Um, he's not fading, it doesn't look like. But um, between the disruptive factor... You know, he's he's right in the age line where you know, he could begin to decline here. And what it's going to cost, I just don't think it's going to cost a hard time yet. Uh, A.J. Green would be an interesting one because he'd be more, you know, you're talking about a guy who's been a good guy throughout his career and also a guy who would be a one-year one year type mental player. So he would be a lot cheaper, obviously, than Antonio Brown, who has more years left in his contract. And the Steelers are going to be looking for a lot more for him than, than the Bengals would be looking for for A.J. Green. So I just don't... I just don't necessarily think that the Browns make sense uh, trade-wise. And then you never know. Things might get patched over with the Steelers, and he might say, because um, as I think we've talked about and other people have talked about, it's from a cap perspective, it would be pretty costly for them to trade him. Uh, but maybe things are reached the point of no return there. 
As far as one of Brown's best friends, Le'Veon Bell, obviously a lot of people expect the Jets to pursue him in free agency. Sam Darnold has said that he will work behind the scenes to try and recruit guys, but Jamal Adams has gone well beyond that and actually gone to recruiting on Twitter. He's been shouting out Le'Veon Bell. In fact, he tweeted out, yo, Le'Veon, hit me up on my cell. Number one, is that something that he's actually allowed to do under tampering rules? And number two, what is going on with this? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's weird because the NBA has cracked down on this pretty hard. And I would think that if if the NFL was taking that sort of thing seriously, I mean, it's out there in the public realm, what he's doing. So obviously the NFL doesn't really care as much at all. So let the guy go on Twitter and tweet about wanting to play with Le'Veon Bell, but uh, that's fine. I mean, I don't think it have any impact on anything. I mean, Jamal Adams wanted to hire Cliff Kingsbury and it didn't work out, you know? Um... Look, I, I think it'll have it'll, the, the opinion of Sam Darnold about Lady Bell will certainly have a lot more say than the guy guy who plays safety. Um, but yeah, I think it, uh, Michael Kagan doesn't need these guys to tell him whether it's Sam Darnold or Jamal Adams that Lady Bell is a really good player, and I'm sure the Jets will go after Lady Bell and uh, and we'll see what happens. But um, I don't necessarily think uh, Jamal Adams' tweet will have any impact on that one way or the other but uh but yeah i mean should it be allowed that's an interesting debate because the nba has come out and said that they're they're really coming down on this stuff right i think that 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 was a recent piece of news with the nba um obviously with the nfl it's not as much of a priority hey guys greg peterson here with the baseball betting podcast as we know the mlb season is back in our lives it's going to be a 60 game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Daryl, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up the biggest story of the week on Jets Twitter, and that is the fact that you've been accused of being one of the bigger bullies on the New York Jets beat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what how that how that got that uh, came out. You asked a mailbag question, or something like that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we give each other a hard time. You guys were friends with them that we give each other a hard time, but uh, pretty harm, harmless stuff. Nothing, uh, nothing along the lines of, and I hate to make light of it because it's, it's crazy. It's pretty nothing along the lines of the Richie Incognito, uh, <laughs> Martin stuff. And I guess Jonathan Martin is uh, having to go to court now. He's getting charged because he, I, I guess, what put up a threatening social media post or something like that. And both of those guys have some some issues for sure, obviously. So uh, I think we're a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a little bit more playful and a little bit more. Uh, I think we're a little bit maybe more sane. Or, uh, uh, you know, again, I hate to make light of that situation because I think those guys will have some kind of serious issues. But, yeah, nothing along those lines. So no, no need to worry about anything boiling over to the criminal level of <laughs> or anything like that. Just to make it clear, Daryl and I are in no way laughing at what Richie Incognito and those other guys did to Jonathan Martin. I'm laughing at the visual of guys on the Jets beat trying to bully each other in that manner. And just to backtrack, this is all kind of a joke because 
Daryl's partner, Matt Stipulkowski, was doing a mailbag. And so sometimes I like to ask silly questions just to either get a rise out of somebody or see if somebody will answer something interesting that's off the beaten path. Daryl, you remember I asked you a food question a while ago. And so I threw out there, who is the biggest bully on the New York Jets beat? And does his name rhyme with Connor Hughes? So Connor laughed and jumped in and said, no, not me. I'm the one that gets picked on. It's actually Daryl and Andy Vasquez who are the ones that are the bullies. And then you jumped in as a joke and said, in my defense, Connor deserves every bit of what he gets. So I just thought it, I thought it was a funny exchange. I, could, I don't want to embarrass him with some of those moments of useful, uh, useful ignorance, of whether it's points of history or things like that. But, but uh, yeah, I, w- I won't air those out here. We'll save those for, for, uh, for our little group <laughs> chat or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, we, you know, it's all in good fun. And, uh, yeah, no, no Jonathan Martin Richie and Cagneo situation <laughs> at all. So no, keep I- the peace. Uh, much I think much better than the Steelers did with Antonio Brown this year. So there's no. Uh, I would say there's like about a hundred times less drama in our situation than there might be if the Jets signed uh, Antonio <laughs> Brown. So maybe they could take a take some uh, caution there. And again, just to make clear, we're just joking around. There's no actual bullying here. It's just a bunch of friends teasing each other, which is what everybody does. I always explain this to people, Daryl, people that aren't from the New York, New Jersey area. That's just how friends talk to each other. Because if you look at a group text from, say, me and my friends or you and your friends or other people, and they know this if they grew up in the New York, New Jersey area, it's just nothing but nonstop ball busting. So that's pretty much what's going on in the New York Jets beat, which to me means that you guys are all buddies and it's a healthy little relationship you guys all have yeah i mean uh there's you know not everyone would be as, as tight with each other but uh, everyone gets along for the most part it's a pretty cordial functional working environment which uh you know when you go to work you you don't want uh anything like overly contentious obviously we're all competing but uh but yeah you know for the most part there's a lot of their mutual professional and personal respect which is uh and you know some guys are you know friend, friends with each other so that's that's a good thing i think ultimately yeah for sure and it produces great content like the stuff that you and matt stipulkowski put up at nj.com so for anybody that's unfamiliar with your work or doesn't know where to get a hold of you go ahead and let them know and tell me what's going on over at nj.com what you guys have coming on down the pike yep so uh tomorrow we'll have a little something on Oh, I keep saying Dole, but Dowell uh, Loggins, and I might even be pronouncing his last name wrong, but I think that that sounds like it would be right, Loggins. Um, he, uh, you know, what what does it mean? Analysis wise, pros and cons. Him becoming a Jets offensive coordinator, and as I mentioned, he really is the offense coordinator in title only because Adam Gates will be calling the plays. So, some uh, sort of a uh, uh, step back analysis of, of that. And Matt will have a mailbag, so if you guys have an answer to your questions to him joking questions or, or otherwise, uh, feel free to chime in. Um, there's a tweet up there you can respond to, and uh, you can tweet at Matt or just tweet, responding to that tweet that he's tagged in and uh, and ask questions. So obviously a lot of questions about about what the Jets are going to do coaching staff-wise, personnel-wise, and a lot of stuff to address. So, yeah, it's been kind of a slow week between the Super Bowl here and the uh, or between the conference championship games and the Super Bowl. I don't think, and I would hope not many people are really in tune with what's going on for the Pro Bowl this week, but uh, the Jets are sending three guys down there. No um, no injury replacement guys for the Jets. I think that they didn't really have anyone who was a legitimate 
alternate. I think that they had Nate, what Avery Williamson was like a fifth alternate, which like half, you know, half the team would need to like drop dead for him to be in the game. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, Jamal Adams is going, obviously Jason Myers, Andre Roberts will be down there in Orlando for the Pro Bowl on Sunday. And, uh, so if you want to watch it, I guess, uh, go ahead, but I don't think I'll be watching it. Um, but yeah, so it'll it'll be interesting to see, and I think maybe you know worth might be worth doing something. You know, here are some other guys on this Jets team who maybe could um, maybe could make a Pro Bowl next year. I, you know, it's interesting. Like Marcus May had such a, a a productive rookie year, and then he was hurt last year, and we've kind of forgotten about him. We haven't really talked about him much, but he's a pretty darn good player, and I'd be interested to see what kind of year he rebounds with in Greg Williams' defense. This season, if he can stay healthy, and maybe maybe he and Jamal Adams are both in the Pro Bowl next year, so that'll be something interesting. But interesting to see and something to think about this week as the Pro Bowl gets going, and then of course uh, the Super Bowl with uh, the Rams against every fan's favorite team. Oh yes, we all love the Patriots. I'll say this though, at least Daryl, it is going to be nice to see some Jets in the Pro Bowl, even if all I'm going to do is turn the Pro Bowl on really quickly just to see those guys in uniform, and then probably turn it off and go watch something else and have a better, more productive use of my time. And I will also conclude with this: no matter how many times I hear the last name Loggins when Dowell is going to be a coach on this staff, I am always, always, always going to think of the movie Caddyshack. And if you don't know why, go ahead and Google it. Kids, I'm telling you, go watch the movie Caddyshack and you'll understand. Plus, you'll get some good laughs out of it. One of my favorite sports movies of all time. Daryl, thanks so much for coming on, man. Always appreciate it. We'll talk again next week. In the meantime, go ahead and visit Matt and Daryl over at NJ.com. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcast, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.